Episode 189 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the much-loved and much-missed American actor Luke Perry, who became a teen idol playing Dylan McKay in the smash hit US TV series Beverly Hills 90210. He also starred as Fred Andrews in the supernatural horror crime drama series Riverdale and guested in other top shows such as Criminal Minds, Law and Order and Will and Grace. Films he featured in included Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Eight Seconds, The Fifth Element and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Tragically, Luke Perry died aged just 52 in 2019. My interview with him took place in Los Angeles in 1990, when Luke had rapidly become a major heartthrob on Beverly Hills 90210, which is why I was under orders to ask him a lot about his love life, as you'll hear in due course. First of all, how did you get your, your part in the series? Um, just like everyone else did. They, they had an open call and uh, my agent got me an appointment. I was at another job, uh, you know, my straight job, and I told them huge lies, got out of the job, went to the audition. Um, they called me back three, four times, and then I went and read for Mr. Spelling, and that went really well. Uh, I went to the network, and that was that. Were you always up for this one character, or...? You know, originally when the pilot was cast, I guess about a year ago, I went in and read for uh, Ian Ziering's character, the character of Steve Sanders. And I knew then going in I wasn't right for that character. But the character that I have now did not exist at that time. They hadn't, they hadn't thought of adding Dylan yet. So I went and I read for Steve's character, and it didn't go so well. Of course, I knew it wouldn't. I wasn't physically right for the part. And I didn't, it didn't really strike me much as a role that I would be able to find a lot in, which is really a credit to Ian because he's found so much to do with it. Tell me about your character, then, how similar you are. How similar I am to the character? There are a lot of things undefined in Dylan's life, as in with my own, and I think that's that's the big similarity. People who uh, oftentimes look the most that know what they're doing and really have it the most in control, nothing could be farther from the truth. I guess the same can be said of me in in some respects. However, I don't pretend like I have it all together, and I, I do not pretend that I know everything that I don't know. So, that that kind of separates us there. Um, he's a little distant from life and society in general, and and I guess, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, I am too. Fortunately, also because um, a lot of t- Hollywood doesn't really offer that much other than you know the, the business and the life surrounding it. Um, that's only one part of, of why I'm alive, really. Only one part of me, you know, as an actor. There are lots of other parts of me that are other different things. However, for this moment, the actor has certainly taken center stage, and I will, um, so I'll, you know, I'll stay here. Does Dylan take over your life, gradually? I found that he has been, you know, lately more so, because there's just been... Um, Lately, I've felt the, the pull of having to do a lot of things, a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, you know appearances for the show, things like that. I, I never want to get to the point where I resent that kind of thing because that is a lot of times, being that we're working in television, that's as much a part of the job as anything else. And I want to still be able to enjoy that. Um, however, I don't always deal so well in a crowd situation. No? Mm. So although you can go in front of a screen in front of millions of people, you're quite it's only. Actually, like going up in front of 25, 30 people when we do it. Mm. And um, for like the first six weeks, I forgot that we were making a show for people to watch. It's mm. still hard for me to imagine, you know, that. I just 
you do it to do it, and the fact that people later watch it and sometimes enjoy it, that, that's very nice. That's, that's nice to know. Is that part of getting immersed in the part? You get so immersed in the part, you don't even realize you're actually being filmed and you're actually living that life. Yeah, um, that has happened to me only a couple of times when I, I found myself totally lost in it and had to stop and think to myself, wait a minute, this is make-believe. Ideally, you, you strive for that each and every take, each and every time out. Mm -hmm. However, there are certain situations in Dylan's life that, that, you know, that hook me more, that I find more interesting, that I find a little close to home, and you know, they get me in there nearer. What, what sort of things are you talking about now? Well, Dylan you know, has difficulties with women, um, not getting women, mm -hmm. um, but once you, once you have someone, what do you do with them? I I've sometimes have the same problem. I don't Really? I don't, I don't know what exactly it is I'm looking for. Neither does he, but that doesn't stop us, either one of us, from looking. Mm. Do you learn anything from Dylan in that respect, then? I do. I never want to be, you know, a rich person in Beverly Hills, or anywhere, for that matter, who is so wealthy that it completely changes the person that they are, and they rather are living up to the personification of all the things that they have. Very dangerous place to be, I think. And uh, that's something that I certainly would, you know, would try to avoid. Now, nobody I've met from the cast so far lives anywhere near Beverly Hills. I probably should, yeah. Well, uh, Chandler's kind of close. I live in Hollywood, which is right outside of Beverly Hills. But as far as I know, no one can afford to live in Beverly Hills, you know. Does that kind of lifestyle exist? I mean, is it such Absolutely. A more, so, more so than you'll ever realize. We have only touched upon what it's like to be decadently wealthy, to um, people who really don't think anything about, uh, I'm, I'm very hungry, let's, let's fly to Paris and have mm -hmm. some food. Mm -hmm. um, that does exist in our society, sad though it may be, but not really, because if someone can, can manipulate their life into such a position, good or bad, whether, sometimes it doesn't matter how you get there to some people, as long as you have it. To me, it matters how, how you get there. But any way you get there, once you're there, that lifestyle more than any other, because it's just, it is so pleasurable, and, and it's because you really don't want for anything materialistically, that's dangerous, because you have all the material things, and then you start looking at, you know, the emotional things you don't have, or the spiritual things that you're missing, and those, you know, you can't put a price on those, and sometimes you can never attain them. So I think it's better to attain all the non-material things first, and then, you know. I don't have anything against anyone who's being rich. Mm. So whereabouts are you from originally? I originally am from a small town in Ohio. I'm, I'm a farm boy, urban plow boy. Mm -hmm. um, I live in cities now, and I've lived in New York for the last couple of years, but uh, by and large, I'm, I'm still a country guy. I mean, your family like, still from Ohio? From, yes, they are. They, they still live in Ohio all over. Mm. And what sort of work are they, are they involved in? I mean, the well, is in the blood. No, um, no, it's not. My my father's a construction worker, and and by and large, my entire family, you know, they're very good, hardworking, blue collar people. My uncle was a musician earlier in his youth, and I, and I do have very vivid memories as a child of watching him on stage, and him calling me up to sing a couple of songs with his band when I was a little guy. And I'm, do you remember what those songs were? I'm, I, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, what was it? I remember once when I was about 12, I sang Hotel California from the Beatles, from the Eagles, excuse me, the Beatles, and, and that's the one that really vividly sticks out in my mind. Yeah. So did you have a good childhood? Did you have a happy time? Um, 
to say that my childhood was idyllic would, would not be true. Uh, it, it certainly, you know, we certainly had our, our, our rough times. My family moved around a lot, and my, you know, my parents were divorced when I was young. And, but then again, if you if you asked 80 percent people in the United States right now, they would have that same story. Um, Did it, the divorce hurt you badly? How old were you at the time? Well, I was six. You know, and I wouldn't say that it hurt me badly. It certainly opened my eyes to things very early on in life. I was aware that um, parents are not perfect. People in general are not perfect. Everyone can make a mistake. And um, if you're looking for your happiness in another person because you can't find it in yourself, you won't ever be happy. You've got to be happy here first, then share that with someone else, as opposed to really needing something so bad from someone else. So, you know, I mean, for a six-year-old, those are, those are pretty, uh, you know, those are pretty wild thoughts. But yeah. it became very clear to me then that that's what was going on. And uh, subsequently, I, you know, I have some very interesting ideas about marriage. I certainly am the marrying kind. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of having a wife and a family. Mm. But I don't think it's fair to me or them at this point, you know, because of the crazy business I'm in, and mm. to do that. We'll get into girls and marriage and things like that later. Yeah. Do, do you have brothers sure and sisters? Will. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I do. I have uh, an older brother who's in the Navy. He serves in uh, the United States Navy. He's a great sailor, gets promoted a lot. I'm very proud of that. You know, What's very, his name? I'm very proud. His name's Tom. Tom is uh, 28. Um, has he been in the Gulf? Uh, not this time, but when we were having trouble with Libya, he was over there. Right. And uh, luckily, you know, thank God he wasn't over there this time. Something might have happened. How did he get out of it this time? Uh, he, he, he's been in for quite a few years now, and, and he, he had been active for, for most of that. Now he's recruiting in Chicago. Right. Do you worry about him because of his job? No, I don't, because he wouldn't want me to. Mm. I know he wouldn't. Uh, I don't worry about him any more than he worries about me. I mean, my job's just as crazy and probably twice as dangerous, if mm. the truth were known. Mm. But, uh, so that's one brother. That's one brother, and I have a, a younger sister. Two, I have, a, I have a sister, Amy, and a stepsister, Emily. How old are they? Emily... Is, I don't want to talk about her too much because I don't want to get people too interested in her because she's still in school and, and I like the fact that yeah. she still can be a kid. Um, my sister Amy is uh, 20. She's married and very happy. She lives with her husband in Ohio. And, uh, you know, for all that we've been through, and we've been through most of more families, I, I still love them. They're great. I talked to my sister just before I came. So you're quite close. You yeah. still see quite a bit of each other. Well, it's difficult for us to see a lot of each other because I live here, she lives in Ohio, Tom lives in Chicago, and I'm traveling a lot, but um, we try. You know, so how old were you when you left home and started working as it were, started to? Well, I left home looking for work when I was 17, and I didn't get my first job until I was on, you know, it was a while later. You went into acting straight away, did you? That was your chosen I didn't seriously pursue anything else. No, I mean, I had a few temporary jobs, part-timers here and there, but... Um, Why did you yeah. want to go into acting, then? How could anyone not? Um, for me, it facilitates many of the, of, of, of the needs I have in my life because I need to be a lot of different things. I, I want to be a lawyer, and I want to be you know, a, a fireman, and I want to be a lot of different things that I just, in my life, if I spent all my time pursuing one of those goals one at a time, mm. I'd never get to them all. This is the one chance I have at doing all the things I want to do and being all the things I want to be. Mm. And acting really facilitates that. Well. Was there something which sparked it off, though? Something happened as a child, you saw a film or something and said... I've well, I think we all have, you know, we all have things that inspire us and move mm. us toward doing whatever it is we want to do. I watched a lot of television, you know, mm. as a kid. And, and I love television. I still do. I watch a lot of TV. I just like it. And it got to a point where... 
television was such a big part of my life that I knew my life had to become part of television. It was the only, it was only fair. So what inspired you particularly? Anybody or any program, film? Um, if I were to sit here and tell you all the all the great actors who have made me sit in my seat or in the comfort of my own home, whatever, and just made me really, you know, the list is endless. When I see good work and I see it being done, I just, I I, I want to be part of that. And, and I had a sense very early on that, I, that it's something that I, I would be able to do. Mm. Um, but you're very much a, in a childhood hero for a lot of children all over the world You now. think so? Oh, absolutely. You're very much a pin-up. Did you have any childhood heroes? Starsky and Hutch, actually. David Sell and Paul Michael Glazer. Yeah, Paul Michael Glazer mostly. But, but definitely Starsky and Hutch were, were, were my uh, my childhood heroes. Yeah. Did you fancy doing that? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I went through that thing like all kids do, where they want to be a cop, and uh, some of that still stays in me, I'm sure. But I just, I love that show. Mm. I still like to watch it if it's ever in reruns. Mm. And, and I always thought, someday... But that was when you were at school. Were you well behaved at school? Were you a good kid or no? Rebellious. Yeah. Mm. Bored. Were you? Yeah. Ohio, I found Ohio to be very boring. I found the, the material that we covered in school to be. By the time I was in like ninth grade, it all seemed very redundant to me. Like we were learning the same things over and over, mm. which kind of put me at, at odds with a lot of my teachers. And, and no, no teacher wants to be second in command in their mm. own classroom. And for whatever reason, I was many times able to get myself in the position where I was first in command. Mm. Not that I so much had command of the knowledge, but I certainly could command the attention of the class. Mm. And so there was somewhat an adversarial relationship there sometimes. Mm. What were you good at as far as the work was concerned? And what were I was very good at history. I like history a lot. History and the sciences, I was very interested in them. Math is not a good subject for me. Never did like math. Um, I enjoyed, I studied French in school, and I, and I liked foreign language studies. I guess anything cultural, you know, like history, different languages, things like that. I like social studies was, was good for me. And when you left at 17, did you go straight into acting, or did you go to drama school? Or? Went to the school of hard knocks for a while. I came out here, and uh, I didn't know anybody, like everyone does. Mm -hmm. You know, you come out here, you just don't know anyone. You came to L.A.? Yeah. And, to seek your fortune. Uh, to seek my fortune, as it were. Actually, I came out here to get warm because I was sick of freezing my ass off in Ohio every winter. And once I got out here, I thought, well, you know why you're really here. I mean, mm. come on, let's get it going. So Did I, you have big dreams, like we read about in fame? Huge dreams. I had huge dreams. Um, I still have huge dreams. Mm. I, last night when I was watching the Academy Awards, you know, and I was seeing some of the some of the great work that was being rewarded. I have dreams of acting as well as Jeremy Irons. You know, I do. I would li I'd be lying if I told you I didn't. I think we all do. But I think along with those dreams, you have to have a dose of reality that says, okay, it's fine to want to be that good, mm. but this is how good you are at this point. Mm. And if you want to get from this being point A to Jeremy Irons, which is point B, it's going to require this much work. It's going to require an awful lot of work. And uh, only recently in the last few years have I started to realize that. And I'm not so much afraid of having to work that hard because I, I enjoy the work now. So I, I like, you know, I, I like the idea that over the next few years, hopefully I'll be given the opportunity to grow as a performer. And if I'm wise, I'll take advantage of it. Hmm. But did you have to go out and find your work when you first came to L.A.? Oh, hell yeah, I still do. Everyone does. You get to a certain point where they come after you, mm. but um, I'm not there yet. Mm. I still have to go out and get my jobs, and I don't mind that because it gives me something to prove, and then it gives me an edge going in over someone who may be a little lazy because they figured they might get offered it anyway. What sort of things have you been involved in before Beverly Hills 90210 came up? 
Well, uh, when I was in New York, I worked on daytime TV soap operas, um, and I found that to be very challenging, very hard. I liked it, though. Um, I, uh, I did a play out here before I went to New York. When I was in New York, I did two different soap operas. I did, uh, you know, a few commercials. I did some commercials for Levi's and uh, Mars Candy Bars and, you know, a lot of other things. And then I did, uh, I did an independent feature in 88 or 89, I believe it was 89, called uh, Terminal Bliss, which I don't believe is a good movie, I'll tell you right now. I just I have to wonder. Something happened there. Um, and then I worked, you know, I worked with Emily Lloyd a few months ago on, yeah, on, on a movie called Scorchers down, uh -huh. down in Louisiana. And uh, although I didn't work with her per se in scenes, I got to hang out with her a lot and talk to her and, you know, and see what she was about. And, so what uh, is she about? You guys got a nut on your hands over there. I, I'll tell, do you know? Are you yeah. aware? Yeah, you got a crazy woman on your hands. She, uh, she's a lot of fun. She danced me to death at the rap party. I just, I, I said, um, and then she danced some other guy to the floor. She just killed everybody with her energy. She's a very, very energetic girl. Does this mean we have a little romance kindling nope. up here? No, I, I wouldn't say so. Just good friends? Yeah, not even good friends. We, you know, we were together for a little while, and we enjoyed our time together. I did anyway. I found it to be very funny and very, very nice, and uh, that's refreshing, you know, for someone that that young, being that successful, mm -hmm. to still really, you know, be. be and she's, she's funny. Are you yeah. gonna stay in touch with her? When I, you know, I, uh, if I see her someplace, I'm sure I'll say hi. You know, how you doing? But we don't want to swap phone numbers or anything mm -hmm. like that because, just realistically, I travel too much. So does she. You know, it's impossible. So, but um, she was nice. Mm. That, that's definitely the way I want people to think of Emily as a nice girl. Tell me a little bit about the film Scorchers and your part in it. Well, my part in it is um, I'm specifically there to raise hell on Emily's wedding night. Mm. It takes place on her wedding night and she's having some problems with her husband and it's not made any easier by me and my two deranged, estranged brothers that we keep stalking them all night. And, uh, you know, my part is one that you would never connect me with, and if you don't look real hard, you won't be able to recognize that right. it's me. Yeah. Why, do you wear a wig or something? No, I have long hair, it's greasy, I have big sideburns, a mm. couple of teeth missing, mm. you know, I looked pretty pretty scummy. But that was, you know, for me, that was great to get to do a part like that. Mm. Was that during Beverly Hills filming, or no, it, it was it was it was before. It was the last thing I did before I came out here, and I got I got Beverly Hills about four months after I got back out here. When you got Beverly Hills, did you have any idea what a phenomenon it was going to be? No, I didn't. I What I did know was I needed a job. Mm. They were offering me one. I'd never done primetime episodic television before. Mm. I was very glad, and I still am very glad, that the show is on the Fox network because uh, the boundaries haven't been defined there. Mm. We can still get away with a lot. And, uh, How do you mean? What, what do you mean you still get away with a lot? Well, because it's Fox. Fox gets away, like married with children, you know. Mm. That show would never be on another network because mm. they, 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 they wouldn't have the uh, whatever to mm. put it up. Mm. And, uh, you know, the same can be said of maybe even The Simpsons, In Living mm. Color. A lot of other shows that Fox have are somewhat controversial. Mm. Um, our show has stirred up a little bit of controversy, certainly nothing like, like Married with mm. Children has at one time. But you tackle serious issues, don't you? We tackle serious issues, and they give us a lot of latitude in doing that mm. um, because they know they can get away with a little more. Our uh, production staff, um, Aaron Spelling, Chuck Rose, and Paul Wagner, they are, you know, it's great to have Mr. Spelling involved because... Mm with his track record and the amount of respect that he commands, we all feel very confident in the sense that if he wants to try this, it's a good thing to try. Mm. At the same time, you don't want to disappoint him because, you know, he is who he is, and he's such a nice man, 
you want to put out a good product for him. I know that with me. A little goes a long way with me. Um, he believed in me when not a lot of other people did, and and I will bend over backwards to you know to see that, that they get what you know they get what they pay for, and that they get a good job out of me. And I think everyone has that attitude because, and that that's what makes it go. That's what makes it work. If anything makes this show a, uh, and a phenomenon is a hard word for me, but if if, if anything makes the show a phenom, it's the sense that. Uh, we're not afraid. We just go out there and, and you know, we, we don't, we're not afraid to look at the darker side of some issues and we, we don't have to candy coat everything. The other key to it seems to be that you're all very good friends. You all go down oh, very well, don't you? Yes, except I hate Jason Priestley. I <laughs> just can't stand him. No, I, you know, Jay and, I, Jay and I are becoming quickly best friends. He's, he's, he's quite a guy. You mean you weren't before? No, actually, see that? I, just, I was just joking. We have always gotten along. We've always gotten along, but now it's really, you know, life's starting to take a few changes for me and him, and, and not only at work, but away from work. We need to talk about things. Well, Ian and I have known each other for some time. I knew Ian in New York. He, oh, yeah. he, he too was doing daytime TV, and I used to see him there. And so it was nice to see a, a face that I recognized when I got out here. Everyone else has been. Uh, I really, I, I publicly would like to say thank you to the cast because I was the last one added. They'd all done a pilot together, and they all had, you know, their group formed. And a lot of times, when you when you bring someone new in. Uh, somebody's toes get stepped on, or or you know something like that was never the case here. They all opened me with welcome, um, you know, open arms. Said it's going to be great. It's good to have you aboard, and I needed that more than anything. Then it was they were great for me in that respect. They can't be that perfect, though. There must be some. Oh well, no, I didn't. No one's perfect, certainly. And, and being that you're English, I know we need to get to the you know, Fleet Street side of this. And if I if I were to tell you that every day was like you know. Every day was paradise, and we'd go, and there weren't fights and things like that. I, I would be lying, because whenever you get that many creative people together who have strong ideas about things, differences of opinion are going to occur, and they occur frequently on our Do show. They, they occur, sometimes they occur loudly. Sometimes they occur not in such a pretty way, but they always get resolved, and that's the important thing. What's the worst disagreement you've seen? The worst disagreement that I have seen because I, I would like to answer this honestly. Once I wanted to wear a certain coat in a scene, because I felt the nature of the garment would contribute to what was going on in the scene, somebody up above did not see it that way, and up until the time we were going to shoot the actual takes, they were saying no, I was saying yes. Luckily, a director stepped in and saw my point of view. For me, that's been the biggest disagreement, and that may not seem like much. Um, what garment was this, then? It was a long coat that I wanted to wear for a scene because I wanted to be able to wrap Brenda up in it and make her feel safe. I thought that was important symbolically. Um, they didn't think it was so important cinematically to look mm. proper. However, I won out that time. But I don't expect to win out all the time. It's not important for me to win out all the time. I don't make a big deal out of something unless I really feel it's important. Now, what about backstage romance? Backstage romance. Does it happen? Well, you know, I tell you, I think Jay and I and, you know, I... No. <laughs> no, and, and I'll be real honest with you, it hasn't for an, a few reasons. One, everybody kind of came attached at the beginning. Everyone has someone else except me and uh, I guess Brian Green. Brian, because he's just, you know, he's a young guy and he's still out there, you know, doing whatever young guys do. I haven't been attached since I've been on the show because well, I don't have enough time and I enjoy looking. Mm. Yeah. Well, not touching, just looking. Well, it depends on how well the looking goes. You know, if the looking's going okay, then I guess touching might be the next step. So what do you look for? 
Well, I, when I'm looking, I look at looks, and I like to see who's pretty and who is fine and who I want to talk to. Because you can't look at a woman across the room and see how intelligent she is. You right. just can't. But once I've found you know, something that tickles my physical fancy, I'll right. try to get a little closer and find out what she's like. Then you know, we'll take it from there. But I, I defy anyone to tell me they can look at someone across the room and tell that they're just, you know. What's your pickup method then? My pickup method? Mm. Just ridiculously honest. Really? Just, yes. Or you just go up to a strange girl and say, and say whatever, you know, can I smell your breath? Um, you know, whatever happens to be in my mind at the moment. Yeah, yeah because that's what I want back from them. I mean, you know, if, if you do it, maybe they will too. Mm. So are there any particular type of girls that you look at? I mean, uh, You know, for the, for the most part, I've mostly been a blonde and brunette kind of guy throughout my life, one or the other. Although lately I've, I've been, you know, dating this girl. She's a redhead. She's, mm, tell us a bit about her then. She's, she's a bit wild. Um, actually, all I can tell you is uh, we do have a great time together. The fact that she has red hair doesn't really have anything to do with it. But as in most instances in my life, I, I can't, you know, I don't have enough time to spend with one particular mm. person, so I don't think anything really, you know. But what's her name and what does she do? Um, I can tell you two things. One, her name, her name is Rachel. Because when I told her I was doing an interview with the British press, she said, you don't tell them anything. I said, okay, I'll tell them two things. You're Rachel, and she's English. Oh, really? She is for me. I love English women. Yeah. What's she doing out of here? Um, I don't know exactly. I believe she's just traveling. Mm. So that's another reason I don't think it's going to be. She's temporarily over here. Yeah. Have you ever traveled to England yourself? I was in London once in high school. My, my French class went to Paris, and then we subsequently went to London. And since we're on the subject of London, i got a bone to pick with you guys. Oh, really? And I know I'm, I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but what do you have against Jerry Lee Lewis? Against Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah, if you, if you go back in time with me, back to the late 50s, early 60s, when Jerry Lee came over there with his young bride, he was met with quite a scornful attitude from the British press, and, and they were very upset with him. Subsequently, it, it had a very drastic effect on his career. And I've always wondered, and I've always wanted to ask someone in the English media, why is that? Why do you suppose they were so shocked to find out that the man had married his third cousin who was a few years younger? And that's probably why. I think, I think uh, over here it's more acceptable that people marry people a lot younger than themselves or have toy girls or toy boys or whatever. But uh, it's, we're a bit, a bit more reserved in England. So you're not getting that again. Are you? I up, think so, yes. Out front and in public you are, but I've been told by numerous Well, you probably discovered with Rachel. That the English are as decadent as anyone else. That's, that's very Maybe, popular. maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. It's a great way to answer that question. That's how I should answer that question. So how long were you in England for? Whereabouts did you go? I was only in London. I stayed at the Hyde Park Hotel mm -hmm. three or four days. It was in 1982 or three. Mm -hmm. And I walked around and I saw the stuff and uh, I just basically was touristing. I think uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to come back soon and it'll be a little different. So did you meet any English girls whilst you were out there? No, it was funny. I met a girl over there, but she, she too was from the United States. Oh. And she was with another school group, whatever. But I tried to meet English girls. They just weren't having any of it. Mm. When was your first girlfriend? What age? I became interested in the opposite sex pretty much early on, I think when the doctor handed me to the first nurse to give me a bath. I don't know. The old stud. But, um, oh no, I'm not quite that successful, but I certainly think about it. Mm. I, I, uh, um, I've always been interested in women. How can you not? They smell good, they're soft, they're pretty. I love the way they talk. 
But my first actual girlfriend, I only had just recently when I when I moved to New York. I, li I lived with a girl in New York uh, for a few years. What was her name? No, we probably shouldn't talk about that. When you, when you get to a point where all the people you meet and the people you date or whatever are in the public eye, it, it, it's very, I don't know that she would want to be talked about or whatever. Right. So, but, um, is I've, that the true love of your life? Is that, I mean, most people have one girl. certainly has been so far. Yeah. And what, what splits you up? Business. Um, I, I'm sure she, she would have a different, different slant on things. Mm. But, um, Do you find it easy to be with one girl? If I can find the right girl, yeah. There's no really middle ground for me. I'm either with lots of girls mm. or just one girl. What's the most you've had at one time? At one time. Now, how do you mean that? How do you mean that? <laughs> What's the most you've been dating at one time? I don't... I can't give you an honest number, but there have been times when there were more than I could really... So I got in some trouble, but you know, certainly more than five or six, and and you just it gets out of hand at that point. You don't really have time to enjoy people in in the ways that you would like to, and uh, you end up pissing some people off. So, and I certainly don't want to do that. Have you ever dated any actresses or anyone we've ever heard of? I have dated actresses. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard not to. I mean, they're, they're there all the time. You're always being thrown together, being forced to work with them, and. Uh, a lot of times they are the only ones that understand what it's like to do, to do what we do, but on the other side of that, it's very fresh when you get a civilian every now and then, someone mm. who's not in the business. Is there anyone you'd give your right arm to date? My right arm? No. Um, I, I would certainly give up a couple of pints of blood for Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe? We don't know her. Well, well you will. <laughs> I, I, she's doing a film right now. With, she did a film, it's out right now, called Closet Land with Alan Rickman. She was in The Two Jakes. She, um, what, she was in Revenge mm -hmm. with Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. And she, she stunned me when I saw her on the screen. Mm -hmm. I was just blown away. I was just amazed at how beautiful she was. And, uh, yeah. Well, you're considered quite a good looking guy. Have you always... I don't know who you've been talking <laughs> to. Are you quite conscious of your looks? Are you quite uh, careful of your appearance? Only in the sense that, um, because I don't necessarily think a person's appearance is a reflection of who they are yeah. or what they are. I know that my appearance, as far as my job goes, is very important. And, and, and what I look like very many times will decide what I'll be able to do and what I will not be able to do. In that sense, I'm conscious of, of what I can do and how I can manipulate my appearance to look different ways for different things. Mm -hmm. But uh, as the hair and makeup people on the show will tell you, I mm -hmm. basically don't worry too much about, you know, how it comes out looking as long as the, you know, as long as the work's good. Because a lot of girls who are very good looking, they sort of worry about the sort of parts they're thrust into. I mean, right. do, you, do you like to be as versatile as possible? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I talked about Scorchers earlier, how ugly I was, I loved that. Mm. I loved that. I loved, uh, you know, being greasy. I didn't take a shower for 10 days, and it was, you know, it was pretty nasty. But at the same time, it was a whole, found so many new things about characters mm. like that that I didn't know before. And uh, I really, I look forward to being able to play something mm. like that again. But do you like the way you look normally? Do I like it? I'm all right. I'm comfortable with it. I know this is what I look like. I know um, I, I don't send pictures out to agents and auditions and stuff that look, that have just been, you know, cleaned up so much and my makeup is so, because I want them to see what I look like. Mm. Because I think the character that shows in a person's face is much more important than, let's say, if, if they don't have lines or, mm. you know, I think those things are much more important. You know, I take a lot of shit from people about the way I wear my hair and the sideburns and mm. stuff like that. 
But um, so tell us about that. Why did you get your hair cut, and why did you decide? I was to born start? with a bad hairline, and it would seem that it's it's receding a little bit, and I may be going bald one of these days, but I don't care because Sean Connery is bald, and he is hands down, you know, the biggest stud going, Sean Connery. And uh, I'm not the type of guy to run from things like that. Rather than run from it, I'll just push it all back and let people know exactly where it's at. You know, if they... What about the sideburns? I li- I've always, well, I just could never grow any. Mm. And I said, the day I'm able to grow sideburns, I'll grow them, they'll stay, I'll never shave them off. I th- for the character, it gives Dylan a sense of, of uh, being a guy from a different time. I like that. I've often felt that I, I was born at the wrong time. Mm. I should have been born earlier. So what star sign are you? I'm a Libra. A Libra. Do you think? Do you know much about that? I don't know a damn thing about that. What's your date of birth? Then? Well, I, I can't. I can't well, say. Okay. It's in October. <laughs> That's your birthday. Is it? Right. Yeah, my birthday is in October. Okay. To get back to your period, you, you wear an earring as well. Is that was that something you've been wearing for some time? Or? Yeah. When I was a junior in high school, a friend of mine shoved a diaper pin through my ear on New Year's Eve. No, it wasn't very nice. I asked him to do it. <laughs> So, you know, New Year's Eve in high school, you don't make probably the most rational decisions Mm -hmm. of your lifetime. However, I needed it because it certainly shook up the little town where I was living. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to school the next day and Mm -hmm. it was, boy, we were turning some heads and raising some questions. And I've always liked to do that. I've always liked to raise the questions. Yeah? You're quite a shocker. You like to shock people. I don't, well, I guess I have to like it because I do it whether I realize Mm -hmm. it or not. So you've got to learn to like it. Yeah. I don't specifically go out and try to shock people, and more times than not, I'll do something I don't think is very shocking, and someone is just appalled, so mm. you have to be careful. Let's hear a little bit about your lifestyle, because you say you live in Hollywood. Yeah. Do you live the sort of Hollywood lifestyle at all? No, I'm sort of, I feel like a transplanted New Yorker here. Mm. Um, I don't live the Hollywood lifestyle too much. I live in a very modest, rented house. Mm. I drive a 10-year-old pickup truck. I wear some of the same clothes I had in high school, yeah. Mm. I wear some of the same clothes I had in high school. Mm. The coat I have on now, not this one, this one, I got three years ago for ten bucks in New York, and it's just mm. too cool, I can't get rid of it. Do you have a lot of clothes? No, this is wardrobe. If, when I need clothes for something, I borrow them from the show. Mm. Otherwise, I go to the Gap. Yeah, I go to the Gap twice a year and drop a ton of money, and that's my clothes mm. for, you know, however long. Mm. So there's a particular type of fashions that you like? I'm very proud of my Americanness, and in a sense that's real good because Americanness is a conglomeration mm. of a lot of other things. And I'm, you know, I'm, ba- I'm basically, you know, Levi's, Levi's boots, tennis shoes. Uh, Do you play tennis? Do you play any sports? Yeah, I play, you know, I'm, I like to play sports. I don't have much of an opportunity anymore because of, you know, but when I get, I like to play in celebrity tennis tournaments when I get the chance. Um, played in some, some basketball games. Um, I myself, I do play tennis. I like to um, water ski. I like to mm. bungee jump. Do you? That's <clears throat> very dangerous, isn't it? Not really. No? Scary. Ryan does that as well, doesn't he? Have you done but, that with him? But I wouldn't consider it dangerous. No, I've, I've never bungee jumped during the season or the filming of our television show. Because, you know, you just... It's you against can, the insurance policy. Right. Yeah. Right. What about working out and keeping fit? Do you, do you look after <clears> your body? <throat> I look at my body. I mean, I've always people are always worried because you know I'm very thin. I always have been. I don't know why that is, but um, you know I grew up on the farm, working hard every day, shoveling something or stacking something, and uh, I'm very. I feel very capable in the sense that um, <clears throat> my body pretty much does all the things I ask it to do. I think it's real dangerous for an actor in my position to uh, get you know real muscly and you know because then you become very limited in the roles that you're allowed to play. Whereas if 
your, your body is, is merely a tool. It's like the appearance thing. It's only a tool. Um, if I had to get big for something, yeah, I would. Or if I had to get even thinner for something, I certainly would. But by and large, I like to keep my body in shape, but I don't build on it and make mm. it, you know, make it huge. Do you smoke or drink? I have been known to do both at one time or another, but I don't do either frequently. Mm. What about eating then? I mean, you say you're pretty skinny. Do you eat I eat a lot, and that's why I can't figure out why I stay mm. so damn thin. I eat all the time. I have a fast metabolism, the doctors have told me. Mm. That's why that happens. And I'm somewhat of a nervous guy, you know. Hyperactive. Yeah. So what do you like to eat? Meat and potatoes, man. Oh, really? God, steak and potatoes, yeah, that's mm. the only way to go. Breakfast, steak and eggs or French toast. You know, I like to cook, so. Well, we associate Americans with hamburgers and uh, trash food, as we call it. Of course you do. Of course you do. <coughs> um, and, I, you know, just today I had a mm. Big Mac. It was great. Mm. Yeah, I do. I eat, you know, I'm from Ohio, man, from mm. the Midwest. I eat all them hamburgers and all that stuff. Do you cook? Yeah, I cook. I cook. I like to cook Italian food mostly, mm. or Mexican. Is that what you do for a girl if you took her out on a date? Would you? Sometimes, sure. I've I've been known to cook for ladies, and uh, I haven't had any complaints. Haven't poisoned any yet. Haven't poisoned any. No one's no one's puked on me, and I haven't gotten any complaints. So I, I'm batting about a thousand with the cooking. What else do you like doing on dates? If you if you were to take a girl out, what sort of things would you like to do with them that we can talk about? <clears throat> what sort of things do I like to do with them that we can talk about? I dig museums. I know that's like a cheesy thing to say, but um, not so much as, you know, I can take her there and impress her with my knowledge of art, but I like to hear their take on things. You can learn so much about someone by asking their opinions on a totally irrelevant issue, and <clears throat> you find a lot out about the way a person carries themselves or how they talk, and, and, and I, you know, I think that's a good way to do it. And, you know, when you start doing romantic things immediately on dates, where do you go from there? I like to take them on boring dates, see if they can stomach it. Mm. Do you like cinema and theater? Oh, it? yeah, I love it. I go, you know, I'm, I'm an actor. Of I go course. to the movies all the time. I feel a real obligation to, uh, not only through work and things like that, but by supporting my fellow performers, going and seeing the movies and, and watching the television. What's your favorite movie? And... Well, grab onto your seats, folks, and, and it's not why you think, but my favorite film is a little number called Cool Hand Luke. By Stuart Rosenberg, uh, starring Paul Newman, George Kennedy. He eats a lot of eggs in that. Oh yeah, he does. He eats a lot of eggs in that one. Is he one of your heroes, Paul Newman? How, how can he not be? I mean, I, I think if you ask any actor, that, you know, who their favorites are, Paul Newman's got to come on that list. Because you look a bit like a young Paul Newman, don't you? You've been told. Well, that no, before. actually, I've never been told that. And if I have blue eyes, I'd certainly feel. Of course, yeah, I appreciate you know, the eyes. I'd certainly feel flattered, but I, yeah. and I don't think that's the case. Who people like um, Jason Priestley. I kid you not. People tell me I look like Jason Priestley all the time. Do you get mistaken for him in the street and things like that? Yeah, all the time. Mm. It happens all the time. I don't think we look anything alike, which mm. is... which People is. People come up and say, hello, Jason. It's quite funny, yeah. Or they'll just scream, Jay, Jason, you know. But uh, back to Cool Hand Luke, the reason I love that movie so much is it tells a lot of different stories. Mm. The cast is amazing. Um, you know, Dennis Hopper, Harry Dean Stanton, George Kennedy, Struther Martin... All these actors in this one movie, and they don't all jump over each other. Everybody works well together. Conrad Hall, cinematographer, fantastic. Some of the best stuff ever shot, and I, I love the movie. What about music? What's your favorite music? How are your musical heroes? Jerry Lee Lewis, B.B. King, Tom Jones. Really? Oh, I love Tom Jones, man. Me and Jay both love Tom Jones. Listen to him in the makeup trailer. I got him on my alarm clock. First thing I hear it every morning is... Uh, it's not unusual to be alone. You know, Do you love, sing yourself? Love Tom. Only Tom Jones. Only Tom Jones. You have no desires to be a, a pop artist. <laughs> no. 
I don't, to be a crossover artist, mm. no, I don't. What of the more contemporary scene? And what about Vanilla Rice, MC Hammer, all sort of rap stuff? Are you into that? Well, I certainly can appreciate <coughs> the energy that those boys throw into what they do, and uh, they certainly seem to have the market corner for right now. More power to them. Why not? For me, particularly, I have to really be in the mood for it to like to hear it. Otherwise, I like to hear like a Harry Connick Jr. Mm. You know, I'm a little more sedate in my music taste. Do you go to rock concerts? Sometimes, yeah. I saw Aerosmith one time, and they just blew—they just blew me away. They're incredible, Aerosmith. Now, that, mm. you want to talk rock and roll? Those guys are pumping rock and roll. Mm. I'm talking pumping mm. rock and roll. What about the English music? Scene? It was great. Well, you know, obviously, we've been a victim of the British invasion, you know, ever since mm. the Beatles. And you guys really have some talented, talented people mm. over there. You should, should be very proud of them. Mm. Jason, Jason is a little more into progressive music than I am. He, you know, he listens to the Divinals and uh, Prefab Sprout, you know, groups like that. Whereas, you know, that's because he's from Canada and he's been mm. exposed to it a little more. Me being American, you know, I've been exposed to, you know, you know what? I really thank England for giving us uh, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, you know, Mark Knopfler, the, some of the greatest mm. guitar players ever. You talked about the Jason. Stones. Oh God, the Rolling Stones. Don't even want to get me going on them. Keith Richards is just too cool for words. I mean, you know, he lives his life like he wants to. He looks exactly like he wants to, mm. and he got Patty Hanson. So <laughs> there you go. You talked about Jason quite a bit. Are, are you good friends? And you go out quite a lot away from work. Well, we don't go out quite a lot, but we certainly, you know, we associate quite a lot. He does, because Jay works the most hours. He doesn't always have time. I don't always have time. This is our first hiatus together. Um, he's off doing press. I'm here doing press. We'll overlap in a couple of places, and I'll get to see him. But the great thing about it is when I do get to see him, it's just, you know, like two little kids catching up. What'd you do? What'd you do? Here's what I did. Was it fun? Yes. You know, and... Uh, do you think you'll always be friends then? Well, I think making any predictions is, is, is pretty risky in our business, knowing people the way I do, but I can never see me and Jay being adversaries. Mm. You know, um, we've already talked about the fact that some people see, you know, our situation on the show as a competitive one between mm. him and myself, and, uh, you know, that that's just a bunch of bullshit. It's never been like that, and I, I don't suppose that it ever will. When you do go out, whether it be with Jason or not, do you get mobbed everywhere you go? Not everywhere. It's like every third place. Mm. Yeah, Give me some idea of the extent of uh, fan worship, especially over here. <clears throat> well, I've had a few. You know, I stopped at a stoplight one night. Like 25 girls with cameras jumped on my truck and were taking pictures. And I literally had to sit there. The light turned. Everyone was honking. I couldn't go because there were people in front of me. They stayed there. I had to wait for two lights to change. Finally, they almost all ran out of film or something. Mm. Do yeah. fans get nasty though? I mean, some fans. They let us go once in a while, but for the most part, I've, I've had very few instances of where a fan really made me uncomfortable. For the most part, they're, they're very nice and they, they're a little shocked at seeing you and you're not inside a little box when they see you in person. Can it, you give me an example of the, the lesser? It, it kind of nice throws incidents. them. Of, of the, the less nice incidents? Mm. Uh, yeah, when, when they come up and they say things like, I don't know who you are, I don't really watch your show, mm. but sign this anyway so I can give it to somebody. Mm. Um, then they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, they're just doing it because you know they know that, that, that for whatever reason I'm on TV, and they're not doing it because you know they like our show or they appreciate the work that we put out. Depending upon where the fan is coming from and how they handle the situation, whether they are polite or not, that totally dictates how I will behave toward them. Mm. Do the people see you as your character quite a bit? Do they think of you as Dylan rather than Luke? 
Yeah, but they don't really have much choice, you know. I mean, they don't see Luke every week. They see Dylan, and mm -hmm. that's what they connect to. And that's why when, you know, when, when girls are saying, oh, you know, I like you, no, no, it's Dylan that they like. I'm mm -hmm. aware of that. It's Dylan that they see, and it's Dylan that excites them. Mm -hmm. uh, we just happen to share the same body is all. Mm -hmm. What about fan mail? What, to what extent has well, that reached? Um, I've been getting more. I love to get fan mail. I mean, there's nothing quite like the feeling of going in a room and seeing, you know, a stack of letters, and you know that that's people whom you've never met, but just you touch them somehow, and, and to the point where they would sit down and write you a letter and drop it in the post. And Did you get much before Beverly Hills? <coughs> when I was on Loving, I got quite a bit of fan mail. Um, that's really the only type of situation I've been in where fan mail gets sent. Um, so give me an idea of the difference in, in numbers of letters. Between before Beverly Hills and, uh, and now, before Beverly Hills, I got uh, you know, I got a couple of hundred letters, you know, every, every month or whatever. And, and now, it's a lot. Like I get like two, 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 two of these bags of it a month. How many would that be, roughly? Roughly, and I'm just guessing between five, six hundred letters, probably. Really? I could use more. Yeah. A week. Uh, no, it's every couple of weeks, mm -hmm. you know, every three weeks, something like that. Yeah. And I, you know what? I don't even get it all. Fox keeps some of it. Mm -hmm. For for what reason? I don't know. But I only get a percentage of my mail just to see, you Do know, you what what people are seeing. I haven't had an opportunity yet. It's very difficult, but um, I'm certainly going to try to. Mm -hmm. I'd hate to make a promise that I can't keep, mm -hmm. and and uh, I, I don't want to just send a form letter to everyone. Where think. are most of them from? That's kind of cheesy. It's great. I've been getting them from uh, Australia, Canada. I've gotten a couple from England. Um, I get them from all over the continent of the United States. I got one mm -hmm. from France. It was very nice. Because they send you strange things to sign and uh, ask you strange questions. Well, people do, you know, pose strange questions once in a while, but I haven't received anything. Brian Green gets a lot of little presents and stuff mm -hmm. in the mail. What sort of things might have you received? What, what sort of things have they asked you that you thought were a bit odd? Well, they send me before and after photographs of themselves and ask my opinion, did you like me before or like me after? Um, I said, I didn't know you before and I don't know you after, so it's purely on the physicality of it. That's a little strange. They lay out very complicated problems and they expect that I will have those solutions when I really don't. And that puts me in a bad spot because I certainly want to help that person, but I know I'm not qualified, so... You know, that gets a little tough. Do they propose marriage to you and all that sort of thing? Um, I've had a couple. You know, you, you, you do get those. Those are certainly funny and, and they're, they're enjoyable to read. Um, one can't take a proposal through the mail too seriously, however. Now, you mentioned marriage earlier on, sort of very briefly. What are your thoughts on it as far as you're concerned, settling down one day? What sort of age? Uh, I don't know. I can't put a number on that. Some days I think I'm ready right now. Other days I'm thinking, oh, no, not for a while. Uh... What is it that stops you? You sort of see too many girls that you like, perhaps. No, I just, I don't want to be running back and forth to acting all my life. I'm going to do it as long as I'm successful, and when I'm not, I'm going to get out. When it no longer fulfills me, I'm going to get out. I don't want to be in love with some actress who won't get out. Mm. Because when the time comes, I've got to. So I want to make sure what, exactly how I'm going to do my life before I ask someone to share it. Would you like to have kids one day? Yeah, I love kids. Kids love me. We have a very good rapport with children. I'm very thankful for that. Mm. So what sort of, where would you start to settle, do you think, one day? Do you think you'll always stay in L.A.? No. No. I don't know. I haven't seen all the states, so it's kind of hard to pick, but I'm kind of partial to Tennessee, Pennsylvania, you know, the Midwest. What about ambitions? Are you going to stay in Beverly Hills for some time? or On the show? Mm. I'll stay as long as they'll have me. I mean, mm. I really love it here. I'll stay mm. as long as they tell me to keep coming back.
after that, I guess we'll uh, you know we'll have to see what what my availability is for other things, and if anybody wants me to do anything else. Would you like to, to do big movies though? That sort of thing is that the aim for you? Yes. Yeah. Like sure. Um, film is the <clears throat> more than any other medium. It allows the actor the most input, other than of course being on a stage. Do you want the big fame that comes with it, and the sort of big house in Beverly no, Hills? No, no, I, no. I don't really have too much interest in that. To me. Uh, Fame and wealth actually translate into anonymity, mm. ideally, for me mm. they do. Um, if I had enough money that I could live anywhere and I was known enough in the business that I could only do the movies I wanted to do, I'd be like Scott Glenn. You know, Scott Glenn lives in Arizona somewhere and they send him scripts and he says, yes, I will or no, I won't. And he's a cowboy the rest of the time. I love mm. that. Mm. You fancy that sort of lifestyle, do you? Yeah, I do. I think you can be an actor without being a victim of Hollywood. At least I'd like to think so. So where would you like to be in 10 years' time, professionally? Where would you like to be? Where would I like to be? I'd like to be working. I'd like to be doing something good, something quality. Mm. And I'd like to be sharing the marquee with Madeline Stowe. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the biggest question and the final question for you is when are you coming to Britain? Because so many girls want to I, Hey, as soon as Britain tells me to come over, as soon as someone arranges me to come over, I'd love to. I've been telling them that. So what is your message to the British girls out there who are dying for you to come over? My message to the British girls that are out there dying for me to come over. <clears throat> I'll be there. Hang tight. I'll be there. We'll see. It's a timing thing. I certainly would uh, give my best to the royal family. In all seriousness, I mean that. And um, I'll be there.